Good morning, people. Larry here from the Daily Larb. I hope you're all fine and well. This 1st of November, start of a new month. Uh, we're on the subject of time this week. Talking about time. Been talking about time a bit. Talking about time later on with my friend Ray Heffernan for Thursday show. Um, time. Days of the week and the months and stuff. Yeah, it's easy to see that it's night and day, right? And it's convenient to break up uh, what we perceive to be months into weeks and weeks into days. And uh, gather together those months and call them years and stuff. But really it's quite arbitrary. Uh, Sure, it gets light and it gets dark, but it's not... It's not suddenly night and suddenly day, and likewise, it's not suddenly winter and suddenly summer or spring. It's a gradual movement from one into the other. You could say it's cycles. The Egyptians worked on the basis that they lived in a cycle, and that now this is our modern day interpretation of what they left behind, so it could be wrong, but there's extensive volumes on on all of this um it's said that the ancient Egyptians uh, worked on the basis that it was a, a con- it was one cycle, and you continually lived in the cycle. And other nationalities have different concepts of time too, um, but by and large we agree on the days of the week and the months and the years and stuff. Helps us do business, you know. Helps, and that's the reason for it, you know. It's commercial reasons, economic reasons. Now there were uh, reasons that originated in farming and what have you because obviously you work with the seasons to grow your crops and all of that but now with farming technology we've bastardized the the, uh, production of food to such an extent that we can actually um, not completely but to some degree uh, get beyond the limitations the perceived limitations of the seasons but uh, all of this is is um, is a little bit uh, arbitrary as I said but it's more I would I would tend to lean towards the idea of cycles rather than linear time and uh, that's what it seems to me anyway and we, we my talk on this in, in a future episode a future segment um, time in history uh, we could chat about that but uh, it's getting closer to the old Christmas time I said that yesterday didn't I but uh, uh, I'm up why I'm talking about it is because I'm directly involved in the preparations for it. The old local boozer here down where I live is uh, putting up its decorations. It's now uh, famous decorate Christmas decorations. People just go to the pub because of these decorations. They're outrageous. And uh, there are, they are so numerous that the man requires a generator to power them, aside from his utility power. So... Uh, it's a significant undertaking now, starting this morning. So I'm about to go in here, and the people uh, in charge of hanging this stuff are already already in there, and they've started. So now I have to start hooking the juice up. And uh, I suppose it's a handy number, but um, we'll see how it goes. I don't expect it to be. I don't expect it to be handy, or do I? I don't know. Well, you get what you expect, don't you? You know. Um, in any house, that's where I'm at. Uh, 
Uh, nothing else really to tell you at the moment. I'll hook up, I'll hook up at you uh, later today, maybe. Alright? Talk to you. So I don't know if you guys caught it yesterday, but Z from Integrity Radio had a bit of an issue with Patrick from The Great Everything and his maybe uh, unwillingness, apparently, to publish call-ins or reply publicly to call-ins uh, for maybe commentary that he didn't agree with or whatever. I chimed in and, well, I didn't chime in, but I, I called into Z's station to just say, hey, nice one, um, I think you're right. Uh, Patrick's response to one of my call-ins was, I felt less than forthright, a little bit condescending. Uh, and um, anyway, uh, he's entitled to publish whatever he wants to publish on his station, but uh, maybe there's a little bit of an air of elitism there and, well, an unwillingness to dialogue, you know, or get into dialogue, should I say. Anyway, see what you think. Here's a few bits and pieces from that uh here you go. Hey, the Daily Larb. This is Z from Integrity Radio. Thank you for favoriting the station. It's good to hear that I'm not the only one having the experience that I'm having with uh, the great everything. In fact, the reason I made that segment was I had a sneaky suspicion I wasn't alone in this. And I think the main issue is that he doesn't listen as much as he speaks, but he's a wonderful speaker. Um... But I don't think there's as much listening as there is speaking. And whenever any of us find ourselves speaking more than we're listening, we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> it is Noam Chomsky that cautions us about the eloquent speaker. That's why I really feel it's important that all of our voices be heard. Not just the well-rehearsed voices. Thanks again. My intention was to... Um, echo Patrick's response to that uh, bullshit segment from bullshit being the title of the segment from Z but I can't find it and uh, I don't know but essentially what Patrick was saying was his station he gets to echo he gets to publish whatever he wants um, and uh, and that's it and he's right um, however it can be seen as a little bit elitist when you pick and choose what Collins to publish and if you think that what I have to say is just below the level of intellectual blah of whatever it is you publish, well, why would I want to engage with you any further? Um, I'll publish. Unless you put PM or private message on a call in to me, I'll publish it. Uh, and that's it, regardless of, of whether I think it's up to scratch or not, um, or whether I think you are, or what you have to say is of a particular quality um, so uh, what am I what am I afraid of uh, I don't give a shit you know um, but if you have set a particular standard for the content on your show uh, on your station and my call-in or my stuff doesn't come up to scratch for you well then you're entitled to uh, delete it or not respond to it or do whatever but if you're going to have an open discussion about something, we'll then have an open discussion and entertain all levels of uh, commentary and, and uh, intellectual standards. You know what I mean? Why not? Um, but uh, not to do it is a little bit elitist, a little bit condescending. Um, 
so that's my view I'll try and dig out Lulu's stuff that was really good alright check it out so that's that um, I would have liked as I said in uh, the intro to Lulu's piece there to have included Patrick's response but I can't find it so um, I want to reiterate I'm not bagging on Patrick he can do what he likes it's his station but like I said unless you ask me uh, in your call in to keep your call in private I'll publish it um, so I publish these call in and as uh, a consequence of that I felt the need to publish a bit of background to that call in so I've done that uh, everybody on Anchor is entitled to, to um, publish whatever segments they want and publish whatever call ins they want and uh, that's their bag that's Patrick's bag, that's my bag, that's your bag, and everyone's bag. So, um, it's not for me to tell anybody what to publish, but uh, it's an open platform and people can say what they want. And um, that's it. So, keep doing it. And uh, now, I shall publish Collins on another subject. Yesterday, uh, I put it out there regarding longer segments. Uh, I put it out there regarding uh, why my bleeps were getting more listens than anything else. And um, some other stuff. And uh, Condensation jumped in with a call-in. Uh, Dewan called in. Bernie called in. And Lulu Island called in in relation to this stuff. So, I'm going to fire out their call-ins now, in no particular order, well, in the order they arrived. And uh, many thanks, guys, for your contributions, and um, Bernie, nice little uh, workaround there. I like it. I might give that a shot. Um, and that's it. So, here come the call-ins. We've been with you. Hey, love. And she's I uh, just wanted to say and hello, and I um, just wanted to let you know that thanks for tuning in, like, on my station, and that you can, like, if you want to show someone directly from Anchor um, a link, like an outboard link, as long as it's the right size, so a Facebook link is sometimes too long, but as long as it's not a Facebook video, like a YouTube video is good, but you can just copy and then paste into the um, app directly into the comment section and then just direct people to click through in the app so that you can get them there um, without them having to look you up. Yay! So do that for me because I want to see your carved pumpkin. Condensation. Thank you for... I'm, I'm interested in where that name come from. Uh, maybe let me know. Uh, thanks for calling. Um, and yes, uh, regarding the links, yes, I'll do that. I will. I will take a picture of the carved pumpkin, and I'll fire it up on Instagram, and I'll pop the link in here, or, or I might do it on Twitter or whatever. And I'll I'll pop it in here, um, and you can check it out. Okay, nice one. Talk to you later. Larry, the five-minute segments that Anchor has are set up so that you have a radio-like experience. You see, when you tune into a station, something I notice if I drive with Anchor running in my car, 
every station you go to, the phone tries to download four or five segments from the station you're tuned into, and then it tries to preload the next four or five as you get closer to the end of the station you're playing. Five-minute chunks of time are easier to manage, definitely on the download, and you see it on your data because it sucks through 200 megs quickly for me if I'm on like a one-hour listening period with, with uh, the service. If you had more than a five-minute upload, it would get stuck. The content would get stuck. That's what happened to me and Paul O'Mani and Documentally and a few other people. Five minutes were there for the architecture of the app more than anything else. Larry, you probably know this. If you were listening to my station, if you have an Android handset and you can discipline yourself to pause what you're saying about every two or three minutes, you can get yourself easily a 10 or 12-minute segment. The key thing is don't ever go beyond five minutes on any point of talking between pause points. On Android handsets currently, you can cheat and get big whacks of time where you're not supposed to. I've done it. I've done several seven-minute segments, and so has Fireman Rich to prove the point. Uh, but only on Android, and you have to pause uh, before you get to the five-minute mark to make sure that the system saves that chunk of time in the memory. Larry, if you still want the five-minute segment, and that's an essential you know, thing in life, get a burner handset, like an Android handset that has a lollipop or above. Set up a second account on Anchor call yourself on it and now you have like an hour you can talk it'll be recorded as a phone call and uploaded automatically by anchor it works or if you have an iPad and or an iPod touch or whatever you can just call yourself on your second account and keep talking away and there you have it you can put the two phones side by side and have left and right audio I think as well it sounds real good well no you can't do that you'll get an echo so call yourself, hide the other phone so you can't hear the echo feedback, and talk for an hour. Sorted. Bernie, nice one on the tips, mate. Uh, lots of good stuff there. Little workarounds. I'll be checking those few things out. Um, got some interesting things to say on how we can uh, get the best out of uh, Anchor. Although... Um, some of it tends to be, or seems to be, a little bit laborious. Uh, the thing I like about Anchor so far is um, I can get the podcast made really quick and get them out there and publish them to multiple platforms at once. Um, so that's pretty cool. But uh, thanks for the tips, mate. I will uh, be sure to check them out. Before I hop in the shower, I thought I'd give you a little information as to why you got 20 listens on a inter interlude. Because if you use the interlude more than once in a day, it counts. So that's why you probably have 20 listens on that, because you have used it more than once in a day. So it expires in 24 hours. So if you're using it twice, it's being listened to twice as much so hopefully that helps and yes this is why you will get 20 listens on an interlude because more than likely you have used it prior and those posts that you made um around that for the second time are brand new so there you go 
Duan, nice one for the bit of background on the interludes. Of course, it makes sense. I hadn't thought of it. Thank you very much indeed. Although I do wish you hadn't mentioned you were jumping in the shower, as it's drummed up all kinds of disturbing images in my mind. I'm just going to have to go and get some treatment or, or something. I don't know. Have a good day. <laughs> Given the Daily Larb uh, is a show that I created to talk about creativity and art and work and life and stuff, general stuff that's important to me, creativity being a main theme, not sure I've spoken too much about it, but um, given that it is, I want to share with you something. I want to share with you uh, Irish stew, or how I make Irish stew, because I'm um, a bit of a genius in the kitchen, if I may say so myself, if I should come across as arrogant, uh, well tough shit it's true i'm uh i'm a culinary master in my own kitchen so last night i made irish stew and i want to share with you how i did that and if you go if you make your stew this way uh you're going to get a kick-ass stew now um it's sometimes in this country called coddle uh in i think in around dublin I'm not sure if it's called coddle outside of dublin but everybody has their own version of it and uh, this is mine it's kind of tweaked a little bit from what my father showed me and what my mother showed me. But it's basically basically the same thing. My, gra- my dad will, will make it this way. And his mother and father showed him and so on. So this is how I make it. And I suppose if you go back far enough, you you find the roots of this recipe in, uh, in the poorest areas of uh, society where... They got their hands on anything they could and they threw it in the pot. Um, and, uh, well, they had to because th- otherwise they'd starve, certainly in urban areas. But um, I suppose that a um, long time ago, you'd find bits of anything in it. You'd probably find rats in it if you're in the poorest areas. Uh, or you could bits of dogs and old uh, chops, bits and pieces of choppings of different bits and pieces from the butchers and any old vegetables they could find um, and that's what they did so um, it's been tarted up somewhat now uh, in the restaurants and what have you in modern homes but the basic principle is the same you're, you're getting bits of everything you're mixing it all up in a pot and uh, it's great I love it especially in the winter time we tend to make it a lot more and last night I made one and I'm going to share with you what I did so <clears throat> First, a little word about the the beef. If you if you're going to get beef, go to a butcher, go to uh, a crafts uh, butchers and get shin beef, because that's the best beef for stew. Um, if you go to the supermarket, you might um, be fortunate and get your hands on the right type of beef. But uh, mostly, the beef that you buy in the supermarket is loaded with water, and it's packaged in a, a specialist environment. That's why the packets are kind of bulgy. You know the plastic film on the top? That's why it kind of bulges like that. Because when they package it, they pump gas into the packet to keep the meat red. And if you didn't know that, well, you know it now. Um, And it's important to consider because, uh, well, the supermarkets are interested in selling as much stuff as they can, selling it for as cheap as they can, and making as much money on it as they can. So when um, they have a means, a legal means, legal in inverted commas, 
by which they can keep stuff on the shelf for longer, well, then they'll do it. Do that. Whereas a butcher, a crafts butcher, is more interested in giving you quality stuff, uh, and will give you the right advice in terms of what stuff to use for a particular recipe. Um, so, if you're going to make an Irish stew, make sure you get your hands on shin beef. Uh, the next beef you're going to need is minced beef. And I would suggest, again, that you go for the highest quality minced beef as you can. Stay away from the supermarket. Get it from your butcher. Um, and uh, you want to go for the lean stuff. You can go for maybe sirloin, minced sirloin or something like that. Ground beef, as my American friends say. Um, sup of coffee. Okay, I'm back. So, first thing you need to do is take your ground beef. Uh, sorry, take your, your shin beef, your diced shin beef, uh, salt it all up in a bowl, um, pepper it, throw a dash of oil on there, olive oil or whatever you're having yourself, and throw it in a big pot, a big stewing pot, uh, or a large pan if you have one, and uh, fry it off. Uh, and you'll notice that the cheaper meat, the stuff you buy in the supermarket, uh, will end up oozing water all over your pan or whatever. And then you'll end up boiling the beef. But if you get the good stuff, that won't happen. <clears throat> so get it in the pan. Get your good beef in the pan. Fry it off. And uh, when it starts to brown, you want to add uh, sliced onions or diced onions. I prefer sliced onions. About three of them. Chop them all up. Yeah, in terms of the beef, I don't know. Use half a pound or a pound of beef. Whatever. Uh, throw your onions in. When the onions begin to soften... Uh, then you want to add a little drop of water and just get the goodness out the bottom of the pan um, then add uh, another pint of water make sure it's hot water don't add cold water and once you do that then fire in your chopped carrots your chopped celery and your chopped swedes uh, or white turnip um, onions, carrots, celery and swedes or white turnip they're your veg now you can also add mushrooms as well if you want it's up to you uh, if you are going to add mushrooms, I would add them in with the beef and fry them off with the beef. Um, that's just how I do it. So once that's done, um, you then leave that to simmer for a little while. Bring it to the boil. Let it simmer down. Add at this stage, uh, or you can add before the water, it doesn't matter. Uh, chopped parsley, thyme and a bay leaf. Fire that in and give it a good old stir. Um, at this point, um, once it comes to the boil, I would add uh, a packet of rashers, back rashers, um, or bacon, uh, and um, sausages as well, good quality pork sausages, throw them in. And uh, all your stuff is in there, gurgling away, leave that going for a while. And uh, I'd say, until the, beef, until the beef and the vegetables is soft, so you're probably talking an hour on simmer, and then... Um, that's pretty much the bones of it. Uh, if you like, you can also add, uh, depending on what size you're going to make it, you can also add a couple of beef stock cubes or beef stock things. You know those little jelly yolks? I usually throw two of them in and uh, let that simmer away for a while. So when the beef is soft and the carrots are soft, you know you're done. Now at this stage, um, <clears throat> if you want to add potatoes, you can add potatoes. Chop up your potatoes into kind of uh, quarters, uh, whatever many you're going to add, probably six or eight is enough. Uh, chop them up, fire them in, and then they'll begin to soften a little bit. But you don't want to, you don't want to boil it um, too much, or the potatoes will disintegrate completely. And if you like a bit of bite in your stew, you don't want that to happen. So keep your eye on your spuds, and uh, 
the idea is here that everything goes into the pot together and once the beef and stuff is fried off at the start it doesn't really matter what way you add the rest of it i don't think anyway it doesn't matter for me um but uh, once your spuds are in there you're adding spuds get the spuds in and give it an once around and then the final ingredient once that's all done is bisto now if you <laughs> if you're not irish you probably don't know what bisto is or if you're from the uk you probably know what bisto is but it's a beef stock powder and uh, you generally can't get it in the states or in europe or you can't you have to look hard for it but um, if you go to a sometimes in the, in the states and in australia you've got these uk shops and they stock kind of uk products and irish products um so if you can manage to get your hands on it make sure you get the bisto because really if you want to make it like this, like i make it you need bisto and then what you do is you take maybe, depending on the volume of soup mix you have, I usually take about two tablespoons of this stuff, put it in a little bowl with some cold water and whisk it all up. And then um, what I do then is you don't add it in straight into the hot water because it goes off like that. It's corn flour based. That's what thickens the stew. So uh, if you throw it straight in on top of the hot stew, it'll just all clump together and it'll be a it'll be shit so you want to mix it up in cold water first and then uh, you want to get a big spoon and you want to stir the pot right and as you're stirring the pot of mixture of stuff of of stew you dribble in the uh the bisto the cold bisto mix that you just made and as you store 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 it it uh, blends in with the stew and hey presto you're done and that's it um at that stage you might want to boil it up for another maybe 20 minutes or half an hour the rashers want to be you know broken up and loose the sausages want to be tender almost broken up too the potatoes will will still be intact to some degree and uh, the carrots will be soft all the veg will be soft the swedes will be soft the meat will be soft and it'll just be gorgeous and it's great on a cold night so um give it a shot get it into you all right <laughs>